chapter twenty six of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter twenty six lady jim boarded a special train to firmingham in a royal rage the more riotous for necessary suppression after the shock of the unexpected had passed she gave a flitting thought of pity to her drowned relatives and reverted hastily to selfish considerations solitude permitting the play of temper she punished the fetish by flinging its outward and visible sign of a peacock's feather from the compartment which witnessed the unmasking that her bale should have played her such a trick was intolerable and still more intolerable the thought that circumstances muzzled her for the first time in her victorious life leah kaimes dealt with a fixed decree against which there was no appeal what could she do nothing to make chaos of a continent would not have relieved her feelings and there was nothing to wreck in the limited space of the carriage unable to sit still she threw herself from seat to seat feeling like a caged tiger with the added savagery of a trained intellect unlike the beast she had the use of speech to vent her wrath but this she did not utilize from a conviction that no words would do justice to the situation a texan mule-driver's vocabulary would have fallen short of her requirements her impotent anger was like that of a dog leaping and slavering against an offending but unreachable moon and the facts the hard ironic facts which she could not do away with scheme as she might those inflexible actualities buzzed in her brain until repetition took the rhythm of the droning wheels underfoot pentland was dead along with his son and heir hilda a widow with two girl babies who did not count in the succession jim was wiped out of social existence and by her own act remained lionel the curate the prig her one honest man the duke of pentland leah could have screamed in the face of this crushing truth a title at the best fifty thousand a year three country seats a town-house spacious and crammed with beautiful things and a scotch moor with an adorable shooting-box this was the heritage of the new peer of a milk-and-water parson raged lady jim unjustly who will waste everything in charity and turn the houses into pigsties for the unclean oh lord to think that such a clerical ass should get the inside runnings this latter phrase she had picked up from miss mulrady and at the moment it seemed expressive the position would not bear thinking about yet she had to think appealing between whiles to the gods of things as they are for reasons to justify such shabby treatment what had she done that they should be so disagreeable it was enough to make a truly virtuous woman as she assuredly could call herself dance a can-can in piccadilly then she desisted for a few moments from calling the 
unseen bad names to lament over her own short-sightedness to think that she should have sold jim's birthright for thirty thousand pounds it was not even one year's income of the pentland estate she would have been a duchess too not that she personally cared for rank but with a higher position she could have trampled the more easily on her enemies a thought of these flashing into her mind made her clench her fists and grit her teeth how they would rejoice the beasts to think what she had missed and by how short a period she had missed it if they had only one neck as caligula desired for his enemies how she would have enjoyed a chop at it oh cried leah banging the cushions and choking in the dust thus raised if i could only bring jim back it was a kindly wish as she desired him to enjoy the good things that had fallen into his sham grave but there did not seem much chance of achieving the impossible jim was dead and buried and the interment had been legally sanctified by her tears if he came to life it would be difficult to explain how a corpse in his name came to occupy a niche in the kames vault also inquiry might lead to the production of a siberian exile if demetrius told the truth which he assuredly would do in the face of a betrayal he must guess was her work there would be no place for her in society and she would starve a social parry at the gates of a forbidden paradise no think as she would and think she did till her brain ached things had to remain as she had foolishly arranged them it was a galling thought to think that none but she who suffered was responsible she could not even lay the blame on the stars but she could and did on the fetish it was something of a relief to have thrown its peacock manifestation out of the window two hours in the railway carriage tamed her unruling nerves into some sort of submission and partially schooled her into accepting the inevitable to make the best of it to rob the new duke shamelessly of money and the curzon street house on the plea of disinheritance were the results at which she arrived by the time firmingham appeared through the carriage window she had ceased to kick against the pricks the mask was on her face when the train stopped and it was a quiet and demure lady who alighted at the station even the sister-in-law who entered the great house to console the marchioness was as sympathetic as the most exacting could have required she suppressed a groan when she passed through the doors of the lordly mansion that was really and truly her own but managed by a steady exercise of her strong will to greet collie with great calmness the butler intimated that lady frith wept incessantly in her boudoir and that the duke what queried leah sharply adding more grammatically who his grace the duke my lady he is in the study mr lionel kames as was my lady his grace came down last night ah why wasn't there an accident on the line muttered she who longed to announce herself as a genuine duchess and could not i beg pardon my lady oh i'll go to my room collie tell his grace i shall see him in an hour 
when she had changed her dress for one heavier with crape as a sign of additional grief and had lain for a miserable forty minutes without closing an eye and had swallowed a much-needed dose of sal volatile and had relieved her feelings by scolding an unoffending maid she went before the footlights to play her most difficult and unpalatable part the former nobody seated at his predecessor's desk rose looking pale and careworn a terrible thing said the new duke giving his hand gravely awful i can scarcely believe it is it really true and she had a passing hope that it might not be seeing she could not benefit only too true unfortunately for those two i suppose you mean you're all right a square peg in a round hole i fear he sighed i would give much that both had survived how unnatural commented lady jim with a grimace but you always were eccentric people won't mind that now you are a duke but i am sorry really for them i mean such an awful thing to be cut off before you've made your arrangements for an agreeable reception in the next world what a mercy they went together for company you know and they say drowning is really quite nice after the first choking is over lionel looked at her sternly but felt helpless she played with the solemn issues of life and death as a child with a bauble would nothing touch her heart would nothing make her serious the flippancy jarred on his overstrung nerves please do not talk like that said he harshly and emphatically please do not i'm only trying to cheer you up she answered opening her eyes wide and with a faint smile softening her hard mouth i really cried you mustn't think me hard-hearted really i cried when i heard of the accident i suppose it was an accident i should call it the act of god oh leah could find no very pertinent reply and glided dexterously into another subject to prevent religious instruction i came down to see poor hilda as she wanted me so badly but i thought it best to learn details from you first we must spare the poor thing's feelings you know lionel ended lady jim thoughtfully his face brightened i'm glad you call me that said he earnestly for i confess it is difficult for me to respond to my title you'll get used to it she assured him i suppose you will drop the parson now certainly not i am still my master's servant he has merely raised me to a higher and more responsible position in his household raised your wages also murmured leah shrugging i beg your pardon Lionel. i should not have said that you should not indeed was the pained response it's a kind of hysteria apologized lady jim almost at a loss for an excuse like that man who botanized on his mother's grave you know besides people who really feel laugh awfully when sorrow comes and jim's death took most of my tears poor dear jim i dare say you think that i am unfeeling but i'm not really and truly i'm not what with these dear things dying so unexpectedly my own feeling of widowhood and condolences from people who will say the wrong thing i feel broken-hearted lionel smiled grimly at this incoherent and wholly false explanation you have a strange way of showing grief lady james don't be nasty now that you are up in the world i'll be quite different with hilda poor soul though i must be natural with you 
it is a compliment if you only look at it in the right way which of course with your priggishness you won't and you needn't use that cheap title of mine just to remind me how nearly i've missed being called by a more expensive one i suppose joan will be your duchess do you think she will fill the position admirably how curt there is still a lot of the parson about you lionel and ever will be we're without end i suppose hysteria again duke so don't look shocked give me details the young man looked again at this wonderful being for many months he had known the impossibility of altering leah's view of things seen and unseen the most sacred subject seemed to appeal to her sense of humour and no solemnity could banish the ever-ready smile from her lips in reality he was unjust in thinking thus lady jim considering her losses and the ironic position she occupied only kept herself from shrieking out the truth by giving vent to ill-timed frivolities her greatest relief would have been to tell this prig that he was a supplanter hysteria said she was the excuse for unnatural merriment and truly hysteria it was although she could not swear to it unaware of all this turmoil in the mind of the mourner in motley lionel positively thought that troubles had rendered her distraught and so passed over her incongruities the yacht was on her homeward way he explained in the eminently laboured fashion of a landsman when dealing with ships during that storm a week ago she went down off brest cape brest struck on a reef no she sprang a leak and the boats were stove in so no one could be saved in that way by clinging to a spar the steward reached shore he alone survived and lionel covered his face to indulge in a silent prayer for those who had perished lady jim was more practical according to her lights why did you only hear this week old news yesterday the steward the survivor was ill with fever also he was wounded in the head against the rock i suppose the yacht was seen to founder far off shore but no one at brest knew her name when the steward came to himself the other day he explained and the news was telegraphed to the duke's lawyers who sent for me i expect we shall not learn full details till this steward arrives he is now on his way to london and the duke frith their bodies are in the depths with the ship and those who formed her crew peace be to their souls you needn't worry about that said leah tartly and paying her tribute to the dead i am quite sure that the duke and frith have gone to that heaven you're always talking about it is awful she added pensively and with a shudder but talking only makes it worse i'll go and see hilda poor dear lionel followed her to the door lady james let me beg of you to keep the er hysteria in check of course she assured him giving her hand frankly i always adapt my mood to my company it would be useless for one woman to waste hysteria on another both know too much about it i'll be nice oh you can be sure of that i'm not a bad sort my good man sometimes i think you are a very decent sort lady james and on other occasions she questioned unmoved don't ask me i won't you can't explain and will only fib parsons can't keep back an answer whether they know anything of the matter in hand or not but i'll be good to that poor baby woman indeed i will and indeed she was swinging round to the opposite extreme with the protean adaptability of her nature besides after the interview with the new duke she felt able to command her feelings better it is only possible to act perfectly when the emotions are under control as lady jim found 
and if she said what she did not mean and acted as she did not feel well that was the fault of the circumstances into which her treacherous fetish had thrown her but at heart she really had some pity for this useless doll of a woman who sobbed in her arms don't cry dear said leah ardently beginning to console you know how i feel for you i also have lost a husband owing to circumstances she rather choked over this lie but it came out pretty readily i shall never never lift up my head again sobbed the latest widow oh yes you will dear replied the earlier one cheerfully look at me hilda shook her head and declined to look frith wasn't jim said she and he wasn't my husband either you feel frith's death and i feel jim's we each have our own sorrow and time alone will help us to forget the dear departed leah hilda sobbed more violently than ever i shall never never forget never 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 i didn't mean forget exactly murmured leah who had been more candid than she intended but time will soothe us and we shall all meet on a happier shore i hope so i hope so the marchioness clasped her hands devoutly and raised her eyes i can see our three dear ones meeting now i wish i could said lady jim truthfully and she felt that the meeting of the kames family in heaven would be a sight worth witnessing of course jim was alive but even if he were dead she did not think that hilda's vision could possibly become fact the duke who had turned angel in his old age and frith who was always pious had a chance certainly but jim when his turn came would probably not be of the party however the business of consoling a sore heart had to be attended to and leah dosed hilda with all the platitudes which the marchioness had used during a similar and earlier event and lady jim was so admirable an actress that she really deceived herself into thinking that her stage-play was real life her eloquence her attentions her hoverings like a guardian angel over hilda her bringing in the children that was a master-stroke and her general zeal in drying a mourner's tears were truly wonderful by the time she left the marchioness sitting up with his children on her lap soothed and comforted and grateful for leah's kindness poor lady jim felt quite exhausted i do hope there will be a decent dinner she soliloquized in the seclusion of her own room i can't stand much more of this without food through the troubles of death and the joys of birth the worry of weak minds and the scheming of strong ones ever moves the solid business of life connected with eating and sleeping therefore the firmingham cook being a hired servant was sufficiently master of his emotions to send up a really tempting repast the new duke and the disinherited duchess partook of this meal in a small room without attendance wishing to talk family matters they did not desire eavesdropping footmen besides hilda remained in her own apartment nourishing her emotions with red lavender and calling at intervals for bunny to come back lady jim paid several visits to the poor little soul during the evening and each time was successful in cheering her up but it was trying work as again and again she had to begin from the beginning no wonder she looked harassed when seated opposite to her host lionel thanked her gratefully and with reason for hilda had eulogized leah and her work of mercy 
i knew you would prove yourself a true woman said he pouring her out a glass of champagne oh lord said lady jim sipping the wine and wondered what he would say could he see into her mind give me some of that vol au vent lionel it is really very good the man felt slightly disappointed you can eat do you require me to tell you that she asked lightly i have enjoyed every course eat i should think so you don't want me to faint as hilda has been doing but your feelings oh they are well under control now and after all leah paused with a fork halfway to her mouth it's best to be sensible even when things smash if i had come down to howl about the house where would you have been i really cannot understand your nature lady jim nodded same here i never know what i shall do under given circumstances save keep my poor wits about me we're strange beasts lionel strange beasts he disagreed mindful of her good samaritan kindness you make yourself out to be worse than you are lady james don't you make any such mistake i never seek cheap praise by crying down my virtues were you my father confessor which you are not and i religious which i have no inclination to be i should shock you into hilda's state poor little thing what an undisciplined mind she has and how she does work for those tyrants the emotions i think you had better send for joan she is used to women who run wild you put things unpleasantly said he uneasily and truthfully answer my question please joan arrives to-morrow with her mother i am glad leah assured him fervently too many female cooks can never spoil the funeral broth the more women you have in a morning-house the better we like to weep in company and to talk obituary notices that is other women do i fancy i have a dash of the man in me and this sort of undertaker rejoicing gives me the creeps lionel secretly agreed with her although he disapproved of the mode of expression ostentatious grief he disliked as most men do and discussing funeral emotions threadbare was not to his healthy liking therefore did he talk business with lady jim it was necessary to distract his attention she said and so set about plundering the air by the time coffee arrived lionel had promised her the curzon street house as a gift and had agreed to pay all debts as the late duke had arranged also untruthfully assured by leah that her temporal prosperity had suffered by the untimely demise of jim he promised to pay a quarterly thousand a year for the rest of her life yes said lionel emphatically even if you marry lady james i have no intention of marrying yet said leah who was busy with cumul she really felt that the consoling of a tearful widow required cumul i thought that mr askew admired you he admires a new schooner he has bought and some woman in south america oh mr askew has a catholic mind i can tell you dr demetrius he has gone to russia i believe on business connected with his pardon didn't joan tell you how he was taken ill in paris yes what a strange thing oh i don't know he once told me that he inherited fits mother's side it was very rude of him to have one in my rooms but some men are so inconsiderate he loves you or loved me which present tense i fancy will you marry him will i marry the emperor of china you mean no thanks i have no wish to live in a country of bounce and bombs 
and i never could read those novels written by men with unpronounceable names besides i can't bear dapper little men with waxed moustaches i only tolerated dr demetrius because he was useful to jim a great friend of your husband's i believe do you does one generally make a friend of one's doctor the man was certainly credited with being your friend and more he talked openly of his love for you what bad taste i don't see how you can hold me responsible he did love me i believe at least he pestered me with attentions it's a mercy he has gone to si i mean to russia i hope he'll stay there and be eaten up by white bears like those poor brats elisha was so spiteful to as to marrying her eyes twinkled it won't be easy to replace poor jim he was such a good husband you never said that when he was alive of course not he would have taken advantage of the compliment but jim wasn't bad on the whole he left me alone at all events perhaps his successor will bother me to show public affection as if i would or could for the matter of that lady james do you love any one but yourself you and joan dear little innocent glass-case dolls that you are yes you may blush and smile but i am really in earnest you were always so rude to me that i knew you to be genuine oh lionel exhibited shocked surprise i hope i was never rude horribly on all occasions if you had not been i never should have believed that you were genuine when people mean what they say and don't want anything from one they are always rude it's a kind of trademark i am sure socrates was a man you could always trust and would never have invited to dinner you're something like him only you don't ask questions and are better looking i always consider you the one honest man in a world of rogues and if you were not engaged to joan i should marry you lionel coloured still deeper and laughed in an embarrassed fashion i might have something to say to that not at all didn't you hear me say that i should have married you what could you or any man do against me and she laughed with an insolent pride in her beauty and powers by the way she added i have to run up to town to-morrow on business do you mind not at all joan and her mother will be here do exactly what you please lady james call me leah now that you are the head of the family she murmured and laid a gentle hand on his shoulder he threw back his head and met her eyes with a boyish blush leah he breathed very well then leah lady jim tapped his smooth cheek indulgently you foolish thing she said kindly if it was worth my while i could leaving the sentence unfinished and lionel furious she left the room that she this hardened coquette of the world should dare to think he would forget the sweetest and best of girls let her sing the song of the sirens as she might he would never no never prove false to joan but honest as were these thoughts lionel was but a man when all was said and done and the touch on his shoulder the look in her eyes the cooing murmur of her voice made him wince and not unpleasantly well was it for the young man that leah did not choose to try her wiles else he might have been lured towards that pit the edges of which are wreathed with roses had his future duchess been any other than joan the simple a perverse spirit might have led lady jim to indulge in some perilous amusement but she liked the girl and honestly respected lionel therefore did the lover scoff at her magic arts strong only in escaping temptation had leah put forth her power silly little donkey she thought climbing the stairs as if i couldn't do what i liked it would be a hard battle but i could i could i could only i shan't she finished 
joan is a dear girl and i am the most worried woman in the world she made the latter part of this final remark again when she conned a brusque and somewhat imperative letter which had arrived by the evening post it came from one richard strange and purported to be written from a third-rate strand hotel this uncivilized communication intimated that the aforesaid strange would be obliged this underlined if her ladyship would afford him an immediate interview hm commented leah glancing suspiciously at the underlined word he isn't sure of his money and means to be nasty if he doesn't get it well she heaved a sigh he must be paid i suppose the blackmailing beast and the whole sum down i expect time payments won't be acceptable to a man who writes in this fashion she wrote an artful letter stating that dr demetrius had spoken of his travels with a captain strange and solely because she wished to hear of poor mr garth who had been a protege of her late father-in-law she made an appointment at ten curzon street for five the next evening this epistle which did not recognize existing facts and could be shown to the whole world without betraying anything underhand she sent off at once if possible she would have shirked meeting a man she more than suspected of being a brute but to vanquish danger one must meet it as she very well knew and if he wants more than his thousand thought lady jim again on her way to the widowed marchioness he'll find that i am quite equal to deal with him and with a dozen like him if need be a thousand pounds oh lord the greedy wretch then she spread her wings as a ministering angel End of chapter 26